Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Good morning. Welcome to Axios Today. It's Wednesday, May 10th. I'm Nyla Boudou. Today, lowering the age for breast cancer screenings. Plus, New York Representative George Santos faces criminal charges. But first, former President Trump is found liable for sexual abuse and defamation. That's our one big thing. A Manhattan jury yesterday unanimously found former President Donald Trump liable for sexual abuse and defamation of writer E. Jean Carroll and awarded her $5 million in damages. Although the jury of six men and three women rejected her accusation of rape, this marks the first time the former president has been held legally responsible for sexual assault and defamation. Trump's team immediately said it plans to appeal the verdict. Actress's Margaret Tolive is here with the big picture. Hi, Margaret. Hi, Nyla. At least 26 women have accused the former president of sexual misconduct or assault, but this is the first time Trump has been held responsible in a courtroom. What else do we need to know about this case? I think that's a serious measure of accountability. It's undeniably going to impact his presidential campaign, and it could embolden some of the women we know about and perhaps others who have been impacted by the former president's actions themselves. It's also a signal to thousands of women around the country who have felt, well, no one's going to believe me or I can't come forward or it happened so long ago. This lawsuit was possible because of something called the Adult Survivors Act. That is a state law in New York that was signed last year. And it allows victims of abuse to come forward even after the statute of limitations. And while the jury did not find that the preponderance of the evidence supported the rape claim, they did find him guilty on the other counts. In a Truth Social post, Trump called the verdict, quote, a disgrace. But Margaret, it was his Truth Social posts and comments about this that resulted in almost $3 million worth of damages? There's no small degree of irony in this. It was his response to this woman in a public setting on social media so many years later that has driven a lot of the judgment against him in this case. And we're going through a moment that's much bigger than just this one person in terms of the accountability of social media, the First Amendment boundaries on social media, and what it means to be able to instantly reach millions of people with a message that could be hostile, defamatory, devastate someone with a stroke of a key. And that is a big part of the accountability in this judgment. Where does this fit into the universe of Trump's other legal woes? This is a former president who's been indicted on nearly three dozen felony counts. This is someone who is facing federal investigations and investigations in Fulton County, Georgia, as well as in New York related to the 2020 election, related to January 6th, as well as related to his business practices in the past. As he is trying to lock down the Republican nomination for yet another run at the presidency. What is your sense of the reaction so far to this verdict and whether this could have any effect on his presidential campaign? 
I think it's too soon to know precisely how it will impact voters. But if the past is prologue, there are two different audiences to watch. And one is how will it impact his standing among base Republican voters? And the broader question is, how would it impact his standing among swing voters or potentially the people who could decide the 2024 election? But I think his standing in a Republican Party audience is quite different than his standing in a general election audience. And what we're talking about here is a a very recent former U.S. president who a jury has found has committed an act of sexual abuse and defamed a victim. Margaret Tolliver is Exus' senior contributor and director of Syracuse University's Institute for Democracy, Journalism, and Citizenship. Thanks, Margaret. Thanks, Nyla. In other legal news, multiple outlets yesterday reported federal prosecutors have filed criminal charges against embattled New York Congressman George Santos. Since he was elected last year, Santos has been accused of lying about his background and violating campaign finance laws. The Republican has faced calls from within his own party to resign. CNN, which first reported the news, says the exact nature of the charges remain under seal. And an Axios scoop from our own Mike Allen and Sarah Fisher. Ousted host Tucker Carlson accused Fox of fraud and breach of contract yesterday and demanded documents in a move that could precede legal action. Carlson also announced he'd be bringing his show to Twitter. In a moment, the latest on breast cancer screening guidelines. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Welcome back to Axios Today. I'm Nyla Boudou. The U.S. Preventive Services Task Force, an independent and influential national health panel, is now recommending women start getting mammograms at the age of 40 rather than 50. They say getting cancer screenings 10 years earlier could save thousands of lives and reduce breast cancer deaths in the U.S. by 20 percent. Here to help us dive into this development and what it means for women is emergency physician and professor of health policy and management at George Washington University, Dr. Lena Wen. Dr. Wen, welcome back to Axios today. Thank you so much. I should start by saying this story is very personal to me as I was diagnosed with breast cancer at age 41, but also for you as well. Yes, my mother was diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer when she was in her mid-40s, and she ended up dying from breast cancer in her 50s. And so the idea of breast cancer screening is always on my mind because of my mother and because of my own personal risk factors. I'm sorry for your loss, and I appreciate you sharing that. Can you tell us what you think the science is behind this panel recommendation? Sure. Well, I first want to lay the groundwork for how common breast cancer is. One in eight American women will develop breast cancer in our lifetimes. It's the single most commonly diagnosed cancer among American women and the second leading cause of cancer death. The National Task Force cites that breast cancer diagnoses among women in their 40s has been increasing by about 2% a year on average between the years of 2015 and 2019. 
2019. And so the task force looked at recent studies and found that screenings with mammograms every other year will provide what they call a moderate benefit for women starting from the age of 40. All of this is referring to women of average risk. Women with high risk would obviously have a very different screening mechanism, and that frequency of screening would depend on our individual medical circumstances. And so I think it's just important to mention about risk, that the risk for individuals for breast cancer is double for those who have a first-degree relative, a sister, a mom, a daughter, etc., who has breast cancer. But at the same time, 85% of breast cancers occur in women who do not have any family history of breast cancer as well. And so this is, like many other cancers, is one where early detection is so important because that leads to, in some cases, curative treatment and in other cases, life-saving treatment. Dr. Wen, why is this recommendation particularly important for Black women? Black women are 40% more likely to die from breast cancer compared to white women. Black women are also more likely to have aggressive cancer at the time of diagnosis, and there's often a delay even in between diagnosis and getting treatment. And so this is one of the issues that the task force really called attention to, the disparities. And they also specifically said that a lot more research needs to be done to understand what's behind the disparities and how to close this as well. Since so many groups like the Mayo Clinic and other health panels already recommend that women start screening at age 40, practically, how much does a recommendation like this make a difference? I think that alignment is important for both patients and providers. Providers, especially who are very busy seeing many patients at once, are tending to many different concerns for their patients. And it's possible that screening for mammograms may fall off of the top list of things that they can tend to. And so if the recommendations are in alignment, and now there's going to be a recommendation for women from the age of 40, including from this national task force, I think that makes it easier for providers to ensure that women are getting the diagnostic care that they need. Do these recommendations also matter for insurance or is insurance coverage for mammograms pretty standard? Yeah, this is a good question. So because of the Affordable Care Act, insurance companies are required to fully cover mammograms for women who want them. And so this recommendation really should not impact um, insurance companies. Insurance companies actually should fully reimburse for annual screening mammograms. Dr. Alina Wen is an emergency physician and professor of health policy and management at George Washington University. Thanks, Dr. Wen. Thank you so much. That's it for us today. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Thanks for listening. Stay safe, and we'll see you back here tomorrow morning. Five years ago, when Tasha Adams was leaving her husband, the founder of Oath Keepers, Stuart Rhodes, she kept it a secret. The one person she told outside her family, the ex-wife of firebrand Alex Jones. This week on the Death, Sex, and Money podcast, hear these two women in conversation for the first time and Tasha's plans for watching Stuart Rhodes' sentencing this month for his role in January 6th. That's on Death, Sex, and Money wherever you get podcasts.